This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 447, recorded on May 28th, 2020. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska spring, and, and it's, it's here for sure. No humidity out there today. Of course, we'll post the show with some world-class show notes out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Don't forget, you can also join us live on the mobile app, maybe the best way to listen to this if you're mobile. Not many of us as mobile as we used to be. But uh, if you have a need for that, go go ahead and download it. Just have it on your phone so it's ready, homegadgetgeeks.com. It's free. And if uh, at some point you're you're out and you want, maybe you're outside in the backyard enjoying the fine weather. That's that's wherever your location is. Homegadgetgeeks.com, get it downloaded. Today, we thank our Patreon subscribers for helping support that um, as well. Don't forget, you can follow the show schedule now, too, if you want to know everything that's going on here, both this and Cyber Frontiers. Head out to theaverageguy.tv.eventbrite.com. And uh, you can subscribe. If you follow over there, you'll get an automated notification whenever I post something new. I did that this week. While you're out there, head out to theaverageguy.tv slash subscribe, and you can see all the subscription options. I'm doing a mostly weekly newsletter now. If you want to sign up for that, I think I've gotten three out of four or four out of five, something like that. Again, theaverageguy.tv slash subscribe. And then don't forget, if you do want to be part of the Patreon group that supports us here, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon, the $5 level gets you that really cool coin that Ron printed. He did some 3D printed coins. He's sending me a bunch of new ones. So if you're in that situation or you want to you wanna join us on Patreon, that $5 level, I'll get it put in the mail to you. I have some fancy new teal colored mailers, which are pretty cool. And I figured out how to mail them without you guys getting charged by the post office. So uh, if you want to do that, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. Chris Nessie is with me tonight. Chris is an educator and podcaster at House of Ed Tech. As a, podca- uh, as a podcast, he's been on the show twice. If you want to listen to his podcast, head out to chrisnessy.com. He was here for 351, 272. Chris, it's always great to see you. Welcome back to Home Gadget Geeks. Jim, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you and the average guy, TV family, and the Home Gadget Geekers. I mean, that, that sounds like fun. <laughs> um, but but thanks for having me back. It's, it's yeah. always a pleasure. No, it's, it's good to have you. I think we hang out on Saturday mornings, too, over at Ask the Podcast Coach. Uh, we do. I make my way into the chat room from time to time. It's a good Saturday morning. Like I really like that Saturday morning crew that's over there. Very, very different than the live audience on Thursday night here. There's a bunch of podcasters over there, and 9:30 Central, 10:30 Eastern. Uh, if you're listening to this and you want to, you, you can't get enough of this voice. You could come on Saturday mornings, but it's a fun. It's a fun crew. A bunch of podcasters. Dave Jackson is great to hang out with. And so, Chris, thanks for thanks for coming out on Saturday mornings to support it. I appreciate it. it it's always fun because, you know, as a 39-year-old man, it's about as close as I'll ever get to having Saturday morning cartoons again in my life. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, and I, I just love Dave Jackson. He's just one of my favorite guys to hang out with. And I don't know what it is. I think we've done – I think we're close to 300 shows, and that show started as an accident. Like, you know, we were just like – Hey, maybe we should start doing something together. He is just so easy to podcast with. Uh, speaking of partners, Mike Weger not here tonight. Uh, some stuff came up at home, and I've had a I've had a really good uh, luck, a good um, a good run with Mike. Uh, this this current COVID situation has kept him from traveling, uh, which has been great for me. And so he's been on every show for the last 
two months, but uh, Hannah came up uh, with a conflict tonight, and so uh, we gave him the night off. Chris, um, we we had booked you to be on the show with with Brian and with Nathaniel, and kind of talk about what we wanted to do is spend some time talking about how this how COVID has kind of really changed the education space. Nathaniel kind of came at it from a hardware perspective, right? He's an infrastructure guy with the school. And so he kind of talked about some of the things they had to do their infrastructure. Brian comes at it from a learning and a teaching. Uh, and he, he does a lot of teaching of teachers and he also does a lot of stuff in the, assi- the assistive tech space. I wanted you to come at it and you know, the power went out the day that, that day we were supposed to have you on. And maybe that was, um, maybe that was serendipitous. Uh, to get you here, uh, uh, so you get an opportunity to uh, you know, spend some more time talking about. It. But as a podcaster and as someone who's buried deep in that education community, you're really on the ground. When we think about education, you're you're a social studies teacher. You're teaching. You're teaching. Uh, you're also teaching at the college level, right? Is that is that yep. what you do? You're you're in the thick of it with students. Talk. Let's go back a little bit for you guys. What transpired in March, early March for you guys? Just kind of how did it go down and how did things change for you guys? Well, where, where I'm at in in New Jersey, uh, again, high school social studies teacher by day. And about the middle of March, um, we just started to see states around the country, you know, closing schools for, you know, two weeks at a time, three weeks at a time. This governor comes out and says, all right, you know, schools are closed indefinitely. And it was just a matter of time. What's going to happen in New Jersey? What's going to happen in the district that I work in? And on Friday, March 13th, that's the last day that I went to the high school that I work at. And we've been remote learning for the last, as we have this conversation, uh, 11 weeks. Mm. Yeah, which is, this is the end of three the three weeks more week. than summer vacation that I've not had to go to school. <laughs> it's like a whole summer, right? Of, yeah, more, uh, yeah, more, yeah. And how much longer do you guys have? When does when does school officially release? In, in Jersey, our uh, we started the beginning of September, and I am technically still in school until June twenty third. Wow, so that's another. Long. Yeah, it is. It's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, very long. No matter how you slice it, I mean, the 180, 184 days that were contracted for, right, right. you know, the the school districts around the country that started in August, there's a lot of districts ending their school year around now. Yeah. So yeah, I just, we all got to put in the same time. Yep. We, we start super early here in Nebraska. So like the first or second week of August, and that puts us out um, end of May usually. So the kids are usually getting out right now. They're done for the most part. We did graduations and, and almost all that stuff is done. You have another couple, uh, another another few weeks to go. We we know the kind of the stories of going online and getting that done. How did that work? You know, you're teaching classes, and all of a sudden you got to change over to 100. percent A lot of the folks that listen to the show are parents. They became homeschooling parents, right? Give us how that worked for you. I mean, just just kind of summarize that. How did that work out for you? For me, I'm in a unique position. I you know, technology in education is my passion. That's what the whole, my whole podcast house of ed tech is all about. So I am up to my eyeballs in how to help teachers use technology in their instruction. You know, being a podcaster really was instrumental in helping me, you know, switch to live streaming, creating content, not having that face to face in the same space with my students, you know, whether it's high school or college, I'd also switch to remote learning pretty quickly as well. 
So for, for me, it was easy. I mean, I've been working very hard, but it hasn't really felt like work. I mean, when I do the live streams for my students, you know, I get on, I look just like this. I'm using StreamYard for the live streams and it's like a show with Mr. Nessie yeah. for class. You right. know, the kids can, they can chat on YouTube, you know, so I'm leveraging this same technology to engage my kids and have been doing that for three months. Back in December, Dave Jackson and I did a show just by accident. We didn't intend, we didn't think it was going to be applicable to what it went on, but how every, how folks that are working from home need to act more like podcasters. And actually from what I've heard from educators and what I've heard from you, teachers kind of needed to act like podcasters. Do you feel like you had an advantage over maybe some of your peers in the sense that you had been podcasting for a while? So that was pretty easy. Absolutely. hundred percent. Just the fact that I can, you know, when we started using Google meet for department meetings and for different meetings that we were still responsible for that went virtual, you know, I'm the one who gets on and I look like this in the Google meet and people are at their laptops looking up their nose, you know, and, and here I am with the camera, the microphone, and people are like, what yeah. are you, what, where are you? <laughs> yeah. I was, I was just in a meeting today or yesterday and our, one of our executives goes, your camera is so clear. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's actually, I forgot to turn the lights on. Uh, Alexa, turn on the studio lights. Uh, that's because I said normally okay. that's because I have lights on and, and I didn't tonight. I, that's, I always forget something. And, um, and so light lighting helps. And I don't, I've, I have a camera dedicated to this. Like those things help. We have had, we have seen at the corporate level, I have seen some, uh, some folks make the, the, make the, uh, make the jump. They've gotten a better, they're wearing their headset more, or they got a better microphone or they're, they got their laptop placed in a better spot or they're right there. They're sitting in a better place. It, but many still like we're 12 weeks. We're starting. We, we, st we start week 12, um, which is as long as a Marine basic training. <laughs> we start that um, Monday and they're still not like many of them still aren't do it. Did, did you see what the folks that you work with teachers in broad, you know, uh, in, in the, in the broad scope of things, did more of them kind of get it after a while? Or do you feel like everybody just kind of hobbled it? to get through the, to get, or it's continuing to hobble it for you guys. The, the lemonade from these lemons or the, you know, the silver lying to the cloud for this has really been a push for teachers who were not as forward thinking to use technology and leverage certain technologies in their teaching. This gave them a swift kick in the pants to, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I've got colleagues who are, you know, creating screencasts and they're doing all sorts of video content mm. that they never took the time to do or learn. And I've supported teachers in my school and all over the world with the podcast, you know, with people saying, you know, I, I am doing more than I've ever done. I'm working hard. I'm learning these new things. I'm trying these new tools to, to screencast and share content and, you know, engage my students that again, I, I'd never done before. So yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been good for education technology enthusiasts. Do you think house of ed tech was a, was a preparation tool for some, did, did you feel like you had people coming back to past episodes or to maybe you became the go-to guy for some of this? Did you feel like the podcast itself was, was ready for this pandemic uh, and was helpful in that way or, or not? De definitely helpful. Um, I, I had 
done some previous episodes about, you know, how to design great presentations, how to create podcast content, uh, how to live stream. So I had some content in the back catalog that I could direct people to, or people reached out and said, oh, I, I found it, or I started people seeing, uh, I started seeing people share some of those older episodes on social media. Uh, and, and then once this all started to go down, I was more intentional about creating content that I knew could instantly help teachers make that transition and give them things to think about and different tools that they could be using. Yeah. Did you, you also teach at the college level, right? You teach college level courses. Yep. Did that, was that a different experience because you had college students as opposed to high school? Um, Cause your high school, your social studies is high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? It, it was easier because at the college level, you know, as you, as you all know, you know, you've got kids who will take completely online courses and, you know, they've got their learning management system and the courses I was already teaching were considered hybrid. So we were only meeting once a week for 80 minutes. And then they had things to do through our learning management system, you know, in between our physical meetings. So again, making the switch to online learning, they were much more adaptable. Uh, one class I teach uh, is called virtual team dynamics. So it became a very relevant course and all the content to go, to be completely remote. So I, I couldn't replicate that experience this semester if I yeah. tried. Yeah. And in previous semesters, I thought about, you know, well, maybe we should do more virtual meetings or, you know, live stream or, you know, use some video technology and, you know, I'll cancel the physical meeting and we'll try to do it virtually. Mm -hmm. But I just never pulled the trigger on that. Yeah. This semester, you know, eight out of the 14 weeks was remote at a distance Come to YouTube, kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting in the enterprise, not not too different. So today we had our second monthly awards. Every every month we do an award ceremony. And uh, last uh, last month it was pretty good. You know, I mean, they did an they did an okay job. This month, I've always said you got to run these things like you run a podcast. And this month, our COO who always runs it kind of did that. She kind of hosted it. Like, hey, welcome everybody. I'm hosting this, and we're going to go here. And then she directed traffic. They showed some videos in it. Like we we've had we've had various regions uh, last um, uh, last month. Our Europe office um, did the video, and then this month our Asia office did the video. And they show they showed everybody's like, "What are you doing?" Their backyards, fire pits, you know those kinds of things, right? Fun things you're doing with the families. So it was really cool. But this one, they it was obvious they had had it planned out. Uh, to run like you would run kind of a, a, a television show or a podcast. Like they had, they had a kind of everybody figured out who they were going to next. And everybody knew for the most part to unmute themselves <laughs> in the process, right. Of doing this thing um, that way. And it, and it, it kind of went down. Um, it, it went really, really well. I'm imagining for those teachers that are embracing the, this new world of, of, of having to do, you know, having to do it remote, it's getting better for them. Are you, have you sensed, are you feeling like some teachers are just like, I, I don't, this is in the space I want to be in long-term. Yeah. I've had conversations with colleagues who are super frustrated. You know, they're, they're trying the technology, which is good, but you know, it doesn't come naturally. You know, I, I've done emails, I've done Google meets, I've done zoom Skypes and just regular phone calls yeah. with colleagues to try and help them troubleshoot. And, um, I, there are educators who and this is my opinion, sadly, are looking forward to trying to go back to the way it was. Yeah. And they can't wait to go back to, I don't want to do the technology. I don't want to. And it's, and again, my opinion, those people need to go. Yeah. 
you know, because we're, we're, we can't go back to what it was. Yeah. Well, let's okay. So that's the, that's the elephant in the room. Let me ask you that question are, for college. Are you teaching summer courses or do you have the summer off? Nope. I, I do have a summer session course that started Tuesday. Okay. And will that be just like it was before for the summer? Because that was kind of remote to begin with. Will that be very similar? Well, that to summer course. Yeah. Is, I, I taught it last summer for the first time yeah. and it was six weeks, once a week, you know, three hours and 40 minutes face to face. Oh, okay. Okay. This summer session, it's completely virtual. Yeah. So it's the same six weeks. I'm not live streaming for three hours and 40 minutes on Tuesday nights, right? but I did it for two and a half hours on Tuesday. So okay. I'm still trying to push for synchronous learning mm-hmm. and not be completely removed or do that asynchronous yeah. stuff. I, I just don't think it's as effective. So that, that's where I'm at with that. So how did you set up the class? They were they were joining you. It was live. You talking to them? They, are they in Zoom or are you doing doing StreamYard? Just kind of. I'm I'm using StreamYard, so I, so I send out. I do way. it as an unlisted. I send it out. Um, on this day one, I brought them in, you know, five at a time to participate on screen with me and engage them in the chat and oh. you know brought them in and just got it. I, okay. I try to recreate the in room experience yeah. as best I can. Yeah. No, I like it. I like the rotate folks through. Like it if you get if you can. It's get like a live show. It's like a yeah. call-in show. No, right. And you can you can ask them questions. It's actually, that might be actually a better way of learning than in the classroom. You know, because you are the times you are on camera, you got to really pay attention and be ready. Right. You're you're kind of a co-host for the yeah. for right. Like I for a lot of them, I it's my first time working with them. I do have some returning students who want to take yeah. another class with me. You know pour on them <laughs> um <laughs> what are they thinking but for the newbies who came on I, you know i brought them out of the green room green room here on stream and they're like oh oh hello professor i'm uh, oh I'm, I'm live i'm like yeah you're you're on the internet here we go <laughs> what do you what 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 do you have to say caller <laughs> yeah it's exact. well it adds some accountability to it right um, yeah okay so you're doing it differently this summer as well what do you think what's what's fall gonna look like and and i know you, you have to speculate because they probably haven't made the New Jersey probably hasn't made a decision. I'm assuming. Yeah. It's what's, but what do you think? What do you think fall is going to look like for you? I think fall is going to look like the spring. Okay. I think that we are going to start the year remotely. Um, I just, I just don't see. And again, this is, this is going to be different in other places in the country, but at least where we are in this area, I don't see how we can bring students back into a school. Yeah. You know, there, I, I was telling you in the pre-show, you know, there's a document being floated around by some New Jersey superintendents that contains 91 questions that the state of New Jersey should be answering. And when I shared it, I was like, these are 91 questions every state and every school district yeah. should be answering. Right. You know, we, my high school alone, we have 2,400 students and we have three lunch periods. Each lunch period has seven, 800 kids in it, mm-hmm. you know? You can't socially, I mean, the classroom no. I'm in, no. yeah. even when I have 25 kids in a class, you can't be six feet apart. Right. The classroom just isn't designed that way. No. The cafeteria is not designed that way. So yeah. Nathaniel, kind of like alluded, Nathaniel kind of alluded to that when we had him on the last time. It's like the classroom setups are going to have to be different. If, if we're going to adhere to the way the guidelines the, the the stated guidelines are out and that that does create do you think chris it's just more efficient okay like we spent a bunch of time 
going virtual. And everybody, we, we had a trial run. Let's just say the spring was trial. <laughs> like we got a pilot. It was a pilot episode, right? So to speak. Now we've got a summer to recover and kind of like, okay, this is going to stay. Do you think it's smarter just to go to be 100% virtual in the fall and and just keep going and, 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 and do another semester that way up until winter than to try and get some in-person stuff that's going to be kind of jankety? I, I do think that, yeah, I, I think it should be virtual. I think that professional development should be worked on now to, and teachers yeah. need to be willing to learn over whatever summer vacation looks like to prepare for this in the fall. We were all just kind of thrown into it again. Right. I, I could flip the switch and do it. A lot of people caught off guard. It's been an uncomfortable transition. Teachers need to be taught and have time to develop lessons and we need to know sooner rather than two weeks before school that we're not going right. to be starting. Right. You know, if, yeah. if, if we wait till September to find out we're going to be virtual, that's too late. Or, you know, in some places where, you know, you're starting school in August, yeah. we need to know now yeah, what the plan is for the fall. You kind of need that decision made and just like, look, we, we need time to prepare, right. To get these things, to get these things done. What do you think? Um, so let's, let's talk about a little bit. We kind of talked about lessons learned from a, you know, you kind of learned like, hey, we got to kind of treat this more like a, like, a, like a media or like a podcast to get some of these things done. We have to do some stuff different. Did you see anything? Did you learn anything new in this? Like you had the advantage because you were a podcaster, but were there new things for you that surprised you in this that you picked up in the process? I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but no. I mean, okay. <laughs> the only thing I've really learned about is, you know, planning for this is you have to be even more intentional. I mean, in a regular classroom, sure, I plan my lessons, I'll design a unit, I'll think of projects, and you have to be even more on top of your game in terms of planning and preparation mm -hmm. to do this remotely. You know, And I do experience this with what I do at college where I've got a syllabus laid out for the entire semester. The course is all planned out. And I know how that works. Whereas you know, in, at the high school, I don't teach the same thing the same way every year, you know, that'll make it stale for me, but that's my own educational philosophy. Yeah. So the work that I got to put in year to year just becomes that much more intense. If I know I'm not going to see my brand new students in September, what does that look like? What does the first day of school look like if we're remote and virtual? How do you, you know, make the kids feel like they're a part of the high school. If I'm teaching freshmen or, you know, returning students, how do you build that culture and that community when you're not together? Yeah. So. Do, do you think, okay, we always talk about the teachers. Let's talk about parents and, and students for a second. They also have had to learn a new way of doing things. Do you think they're more ready than, so we go, say you go hundred percent virtual in the fall. Are they more ready to handle this come fall and have learned some lessons? Do you get this feeling? You interact with them. Maybe, I, let's talk I, about the high schoolers at first, but yeah. I think that there are a lot of high school students who checked out in March or whenever right. their school yeah. shut down, yeah. they were done. Okay. Um, and there's going to be a lot of hard lessons. You're going to see, you're, if there's data out there, we're going to see a spike in virtual summer school attendance, or yeah. you're going to see spikes in repeated courses for next year, you know, at, at all, yeah. maybe even all grade levels. Um, I, I think the fresh start of the school year will help kids better understand what the expectation is. Yeah. I mean, 
the, the six classes I currently teach, I tried to tell them, you know, with my dad hat on, with my teacher hat on, hey, if we're not here, here this has here's what your approach needs to be. You can't think school's over. You've got to be engaged. I already know that I'm going to be able to do things to try to engage you. Right. And at, at least for me, I've got students who I haven't heard from since March 13th. Mm-hmm. And it's May 28th. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. And it's, it's <laughs> disheartens me a little bit, you know, just kind of when you think like they just disappeared on you. And, and, and that's with, you know, emailing them through their student email, right. reaching out through the, the student information system to, to call their whatever phone numbers are on file, whether it's me or, you know, secretaries or other building administrators. Still, there, there's been, at least for me and, and where I'm at, there's been a huge lack of engagement. Yeah. So let me, let me jam a few questions, not questions, but statements from the chat room uh, in here. So AJ says, big question, are the classrooms actually large enough to keep our students distant, right? Size of rooms may only really allow eight to 10 students. We've been kind of used to jamming, I don't know about you guys, 25 to 35 in a classroom uh, in there um, to get them in. Yeah, if you're going to keep some of the rules we have. Um, and then O'Brien says, uh, that's what we're planning and no more than 10 per room. And Nathaniel makes a great point. He's like, need more rooms. If you're going to do that, you're going to need more rooms. If you're going to, if you're going to try and get everybody back on Nathaniel said something interesting when he was on about maybe even a rotating schedule where, right. Have you, have you thought, has that been floated for you guys? I'm sure there's a lot of ideas being floated around. I mean, uh, a- AJ, I know AJ. He's uh, I brought in a ringer. No. <laughs> nice, good. We'll we'll, we'll um, feature I, I AJ a lot. AJ. So yeah. Thanks for coming out, AJ. You're going to get featured a lot. Um, but but we we've had conversations there. You know, there are so many ways that you can do a schedule. You know, whether you bring in certain kids on some days or you know AM PM sessions. You know, at different grade levels or yeah. you know, do we say that you know our our kindergarten through fifth grade students have to go to school, but our high school students could be virtual in a school district. That's, you know, K-12, you know, there, there's just, there are so many math teachers would love this. There are so many variables to these equations and what the solutions could be. You're going to see, you know, if we got a million school districts, you're going to see a million different ways of trying to accomplish this task. Yeah. Well, and on the parents' side, you know, Nathaniel makes a point, you know, like parents are worried, right? Can't have parents open the economy and tutor their children. Like, I've seen this, I mean, as I've talked to folks that I work with that, you know, that have small kids, they're just, they're wore out. You know, they're like, ah, this, you know, I was ready to work remotely, but then to do the, put the homework, all those things on top of that, man, that gets super tough if we have to do it again, you know, in the fall. I don't want to complain, but, you know, I'm a high school teacher. I teach college. And again, I've got my four-year-old and my eight-year-old. So, I am on a daily basis teaching pre-K, second grade, ninth grade world history, and, you know, college communications. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it, it's, I, I'm literally a teacher 24-7. Right. Yeah. You well, know? you're on, you're literally on 24-7, right? That's the yeah. hard part, I think, is that we went from, although we we went, we, we replaced soccer practice and all those other activities, dance and whatever. Right. Um, and we were doing many parents were doing all that stuff. They were driving their students around spending hours. I would hear stories of parents and drive throughs at 10 o'clock at night, trying to get dinner for everybody. Right. Type of deal. Okay. All those ended. 
but now you had to kind of educate and that, that was a whole different kind of a whole different world for them. Chris, what do you think? Okay. So what, what did, what do you think um, lessons we can pull forward on this? And when we think about like, if you were to give, you know, if you, or what you saw work best or what worked best for you, if you were to give some advice and say, you know, okay, going into the fall, if we're going to do this thing again, or maybe even if we're not, because maybe I can amend the question and say, what do we keep out of this? Certainly there's been some great things we've discovered here. Even if we go back, what should we keep? I mean, what should stay in the kind of in the pipeline and what should we continue to use? We ask that question ourselves in the enterprise all the time. Like, okay, we discovered some really cool things. We should keep some of these, right? What have you guys, what have you discovered? From uh, from an ed tech standpoint, I, th I think what could, what could and should stick around would be, you know, creating content that our students can access anytime. So if we're screencasting or using tools to create video content to supplement our lessons or could provide lessons, I think the skills that teachers are developing are going to be great for students that are absent. You know, mm. when we go through next school year, we're going to get to a point in the school year where teachers are going to get around to the content that they've got all of this digital material created for. So if they continue to create that type of content, you know, when kids are absent, do they really need to miss out on the learning? Mm. Um, AJ and I have talked about the idea and a lot of teachers, you know, we fear the loss and the disappearing of snow days. Yeah. Now, yeah. I think the one-off snow day is still valuable, right. you know, and, and still kind of, kind of needed. It's still welcome. But if you, it's <laughs> right. still welcome. But, but if you know, you know, you got some big weather system coming through and, yeah. you know, you might be in for like, like for me, a nor'easter coming through and there could be, you know, you know, three, four days in a, in a row. Well, now a school district should be able to flip that switch and say, all right, we're going to go to remote learning. And we're, we're, the days will count. We don't have snow days. We don't have to extend the school year. And, and we can leverage the technology to keep learning and teaching and do things virtually for a few days. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that's also good. That, that's the tech piece. The other side, which I think is more important than tech, as even a tech lover, is the way we've been able to develop new connections with our students and foster these relationships. And I think a lot of teachers have been able to develop a lot more empathy for the experience of the parents, of the students. And I, I think that also needs to stick around to, to be more understanding of where our kids are coming from and how to truly support them in their learning. Do you think um, it's, it, would it be a real, as, as a teacher, would it be a realistic expectation to say, we need to move to an environment where it can be both in person or at home. And the student makes that, the student makes that decision. In other words, could I, Chris, could I say to you, you need to develop a lesson plan in a way that everybody can consume it. And if they, if they need to be home for whatever, uh, somebody put in the chat room, this always reminds me of that. Joe had said, you know, one thought though, less bullying is going on. Uh, maybe less bullying in person. They may be still bullying each other via text. Like, well, as, you, you know, yeah. To, to speak Go to ahead. Joe's point real quick, yeah. you know, yeah. I've seen articles and I know that there are a lot of students who they're thriving in this because yeah. they don't have to deal with right. the pressures and stresses of going to school, whether it's bullying or other things that young people have to deal with in the school, you know, they can just focus on their schoolwork and they're, they're excelling. So I'm sure that there is a percentage of students that would love to not have to go to school, but still get their education. 
did did you guys implement some kind of safety net? So in other words, you said you didn't see you haven't seen students since March. Will they fail? Or was there a safety net put in place to say, well, your grades gonna everybody's gonna get what they had, whatever? How how did they implement grades? Where I am at, and again, the it's been different district to district and people I talk to. Uh, from my yeah, district, yeah, yeah. we continue to cover new material. We were permitted to meet with students virtually and were encouraged to use either Google Meet or Zoom to conduct virtual video conference classes and continue to assign work and grade work and use the grade book. And kids continue to either have their grades go up or go down. Okay. And so students could fail. Students will fail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I was trying to be optimistic there. Um, so is it re- so with, with an accountability-based system or we, where pass and fail is still pop uh, still possible, could we live in a world where students for those, you know, um, you know, Tony, I think was saying, you know, hey, my son is fine with homeschooling. My daughter kind of likes the socialization. Do you think that that kills two birds with, with one stone to say, hey, if you want to come in, schedule it so, you know, we know how many people are going to be, like, you need to schedule the time to be in so we don't get too many people in at once. But if you can do this from home, do you think that's a realistic expectation that a teacher could have a lesson plan that can work, that could work under both conditions? I, I think it can. I, I think we're at a point where, you know, if we look back on this time period 20 or 30 years from now, we should be able to look back and say, this caused education to shift. Yeah. Because right now, I mean, we're still doing education, you know, in, in the factory model, like it's yeah. the 1850s. Right. You know, to, to bring it to sports. And again, I go all over the place. Yeah. You know, we got the NHL, the NBA considering shifting their seasons out of the winter and, you know, starting in December and running through the summer. And, you know, these are, these are things that have been talked about, but this situation is going to force them to maybe try something that they maybe wouldn't have otherwise been able to get in front of the fans to literally shift the whole dynamic of the sport. Um, Education's at that same point too, where you could have schools and districts. It could, it could come all the way from the secretary of education, uh, but there could and should be shifts in how we do school. Yeah. That, that's yeah. that's the best way I could put it. Well, and certainly technology is in place. It's got holes. Not everybody has all the technology they need. Not everybody has the equal access to the technology. You know, there's some, we got to solve some of those problems too, right? There's gaps. And, and again, yeah. this experience has shined the light on where we are deficient in many places in this country with equitable access to devices, yeah. you know, high-speed internet, internet, and I don't, slow Just internet. Internet, people internet at all, right? Yeah. In some cases, in some rural communities, it doesn't exist at all. A couple, Andrew said something that's that I think is is a sign of the times. He says, my four-year-old is so used to Zoom now that when, I, that when I'm watching a video podcast, he assumes everyone can see him, so he waves at it. And, and that really has, I think, um, it is interesting now that when I'm when I'm talking with coworkers and their kids want to see I've, I've mentioned this before the kids they just want to see what's going on they like they're missing something they want to be a part of it apparently that doesn't always translate maybe to the schoolwork <laughs> maybe they don't want to always be a part of it right but yeah. so maybe we should I don't know does that mean we hold school like we hold corporate meetings I, I don't know I, I don't know how that works but their kids want to be on and I always just I always just make them put the headphones, you know, I say, put the headphones on. So they, and I'll ask, Hey, what's your name? You know, what grade are you in? And then I say, so tell me a little bit about your math homework. 
and they're gone. I'm like, I got to go now. I think I need to go get a root canal. <laughs> and they, you know, and that always, that always ends the kids interest in the, in the meetings, but there has been, I mean, I think the kids in responding to this, right. They, they're learning now how this works where before they didn't. And it, it may be creating a whole new expectation on their end of what this means. Um, uh, kind of going forward. So I, I think that has an interesting effect. Do you, do you think so? Do you agree? Uh, do, do you, as, as far as kids seeing or having the, having more access to meetings like this and being more used to that? I, I think again, some students will thrive. Some students yeah. also would just love to come back to school and see their friends and, you know, they're people too. There's again, adults, children, there are people who would like it to just go back to the way it was. Yeah. Uh, Brian says, he says, I know we were able to make sure that each of our students had school laptops to use along with MyFi's for data, but our biggest struggle, according to students, and it's great that you know, according to students, right? Hopefully this is a side of things. I work for a polling company. Hopefully you're, 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 you know, surveying the students in some point too. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit later, but it says, according to the students, there are distractions at home. Uh, many of our students have several young kids at home to watch. Yeah, older students could be distracted by the younger students as well and couldn't concentrate on their studies, right? A whole nother parents have found like, oh, I don't I didn't I don't have a quiet place to work. Students are finding like maybe my bedroom isn't the most like especially of a bunch of kids. Yeah. Do you think we need to think through okay, so does the home get changed? Okay, say this this drags on longer than I mean, I, we're not going, it doesn't feel like we're going to go back completely to the way things were anytime soon. Does the way we set up our homes have to change, do you think? I, I, I mean, you I got a microphone. You're someplace that you're someplace quiet right now. You have a microphone, yeah. right? Does everybody need that? It's not something we can control. Right. I mean, we can only come up with suggestions. I mean, I, I know for, for my students and, and the population I work with, you know, I, I know I've got students who, their parents still have to work. So during the day, they've got to care for their younger brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. or they might also be still a student and still have a job that they have to go to, to help the family. Yeah. Um, again, there's so many variables, Yeah. you know, yeah. where even when we were in school, school wasn't the number one priority yeah. for some students. Right. Yeah. I guess that magnifies it. You know, those, that number one priority, um, Nathaniel says, uh, yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> I think, I think to what I was saying, well, but Chris, you know, okay. So I'm not talking about a wholesale shift in the way we set up our houses. In other words, like putting up walls and dividers, but do you think parents have to kind of think through like, okay, if I'm doing this in the fall, I need some more dedicated areas. Again, doesn't necessarily require, um, um, com a complete redesign of the house, but maybe setting up some intentional quiet areas where students can work from, even if it's on a shift basis. I, I do think that, and, and that could be some of what schools designed to help students and families in their, in, you know, your school community um, to provide more structure. I mean, there, there's no way to truly at home replicate the in-school school day that, yeah. I mean, my wife and I tried that. And after two days, we were like, what are we doing? Like, I, I don't need to write the lunch menu on a dry erase board yeah. and, and put it in my dining room. Right. Um, right. It, it's just a matter of, you know, parents and families need to be on board with, all right, if we're doing school from home, we need to support our students as best we can. Yeah. And 
if you're doing the best you can, that's good enough. You know? Yeah. Well, and to Brian's point, AJ says, same with teachers and school leaders who are doing the work at home, right? Two, you have teachers who have young children at home who are now I'm trying in that to- boat. AJ's in that boat. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the V the vice principal who oversees my department, we've been on department meeting calls and, you know, she's got her own two little kids running around and popping on camera. And, you know, this is a woman who, when we were in school, consummate professional. Yeah. We know you got kids, right. but now we can see them and right. see like, you're trying to be the vice principal and I have to see you be mom. So it's, it's a struggle for everybody to try and balance work and home at home. So if we can solve some of the daycare problems, right? In other words, if we can get some of the younger children into daycare again, because that that wiped out daycare for a lot of people, right? Some states are bringing it back. So if we can get some basic services back, if we get some daycare back so that we're not dealing with young, young children in the house during these times, right? And we can get maybe some quieter areas or some designated or some dedicated, that's probably a better word, dedicated areas for students to know I'm at school now. I'm doing schoolwork at school now. Um, And we get parents with a little more time under their belt uh, as far as knowing what expectations and knowing they're going to have to give a little more time to this and knowing there's going to be some accountability on this thing. Do you think that makes, would that help? Would that, would that make things, things better to get some of those basic infrastructure things out of the way? It, it can't hurt. I mean, the, the more you can support families and families feel that they are supported and have these outlets available, you know, childcare, yeah. you know, for young kids. Um, yeah, it, it can't hurt. I mean, again, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, well, could schools be open longer? Could schools become more of community centers where, you know, maybe you come in in the evening and, you know, the, the cafeteria, like, it does, yeah. could the school be open for, you know, yeah. from eight to eight, to eight you know, right. almost like a retail store where right. you could come in and there are classrooms available. And I, again, we could see all of these no. shifts. And- yeah. It's going to take some different thinking, right? It's going to take oh, some different. Steve like, Jobs would be all over thinking differently <laughs> with this. <laughs> yeah, and I think are there? Do you feel like are there are there leaders in in the education space? Are there some leaders like that who are standing up and saying radical things like, "Hey, we have to think about this completely different," or is it all damage control? Uh, it's both. There there are people out there who are saying we have to think differently, and there are those out there who are saying. Let's just try and keep it together and uh, let's try and get through it without totally falling apart at the seams. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more interested in what the people who want to make change and shifts have to say, though. Yeah, well, it's a it's a very distributed like if you want to if you want to think about what's a decentralized. I mean, yeah, we have a we kind of have a Department of Education here in the United States, but really down to the district level, these things are very decentralized. And so district by district, right? Some states have testing standards in there, some standards in that associated with it, but really districts get a huge um, say in what they do. And I think it's a little bit like herding cats. Although I do know this, when schools are seeing things being successful, they fall in line sometimes. They fall in line pretty quick to jump on the bandwagon. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, you know, to your point, you know, in New Jersey, we have... I think upwards of 550 school districts and that's 550 ways of doing things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and they're encouraged to be in, in some cases they're encouraged to be different. 
right? In in that it's a local, it's kind of it goes back to the, the to some local authority, right? School boards and all those things. And in 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 some ways, that distributed, I think, in some cases, that that distributed nature saves us in some ways. If it consolidates down, you know, we we found out that if you consolidate all of your food processing for the protein for the country into just a handful of factories. And those factories get sick. You're screwed, right? And so decentralization well, during these kinds of things kind of help. I mean, but I mean, it, it's still frustrating with education. I mean, I, I've worked in districts where the next town over is doing something differently. And you're like, yeah. oh, man, that sure makes the grass look a lot greener over there right. because they're doing it that way. And then you bang your head against the wall saying, why are we doing it this way when you see it's working over there that way? Or I mean, hell, even yeah. in other parts of the country, you know? Well, when we talk about dollars and cents too, like when we think about lean manufacturing, you when you find the process that works, you make it more and more efficient and drive out costs to the very bottom dollar. And then you just crank on that process. And I think in some cases, education works very, very similar. In other words, we find how do we do this at the very lowest cost for the community and then run it. And we've probably been in that mode for 30, 40 years, right? Uh, here in this country, at least, right? Again, it, it goes to the worst phrase in education, which is that's the way we've always done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, so the 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 we may be upsetting the apple cart. I got that. I got that analogy wrong when the other guys were on here. I said so. I think so upset the applesauce. <laughs> I think is what I said. That upsets the apple cart, and and we may this may get more expensive before it gets cheaper again. Like we're gonna have to retool. This is a this is a whole process where like. You know, hey, we used to make cars. Now we need to make tanks. Okay, that's going to take some retooling, and it's going to take it. It would take a while to work out all those efficiencies, right? Well, I, it also brings up. Uh, I had seen something on social media recently that it, it was an image. I saw it on Twitter, where the, the phrase was, "You know, when times get tough, big businesses and banks get bailouts. Yeah, and we make cuts to education. Right." Yeah. No. Right. It's, 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 well, and you, you, you want to do both <laughs> to be honest. You want to keep your banking system pretty healthy. But that being said, um, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is in, listen, I'm the last guy that would like this because my kids are already out of school and I don't want to pay any more property taxes than I absolutely have to at this point. Now, I'm, I should be the one railing against it, but we may have to just come to grips. Like, man, it, we, we, this, if we don't shore this up and figure out how to keep the kids engaged in this process, it doesn't matter how many great teachers we have. If the kids, if you're losing track of the kids. Yeah. I mean, right? screwing it up in the next five years impacts us over the next 50 to 60. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, and it's I'll got, probably still yeah. be teaching in 50 to 60 years. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we're, we're all in this together, my friend. It's not going to be easy anywhere. Is we do this, but more expensive. Uh, so Brian says more expensive at a time where funding will likely get cut as many districts are funded by state tax dollars, right? State revenue. And yeah, our, our, you know, even here in Nebraska, we've, we've been fairly open and they're projecting gigantic tax, uh, short, uh, shortfalls in this. And so, um, uh, we're gonna, we, we've got some hard, like, I, I hope we're ready. Like I've been podcasting now at this December, this show is 10 years old. And I think of all the things that we've talked about over the last 10 years, I think 10 years from now, you and I could still be talking about this. Like, I think it's going to have, sure. a, it's gonna have yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's going to have a pretty deep impact 
um, because it's gonna it's it's gonna change, you know, it's just gonna change so many things um, uh, going forward. Do you think, um, Chris, as you look at as you look towards the fall, how how is how are you feeling about that? Like, just how does that make you feel as we as you start thinking about the fall? I'll be honest. I'm trying to get through this school year before. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I've got the tools and you know the, the mindset to to start up virtually. Um, I know that I'll be working overtime through the summer to try and support people who are gonna ha- probably have to do that as well. Yeah. So you yeah. know whether it's making content for the podcast or you know videos, just trying to support people and right. I mean, as much as it'd be cool if everybody was like me, they're not. <laughs> yeah. So yeah whatever help I can lend on that's what I will would say I'm looking forward to. Chris, that brings up a great question. So let me, let me ask you this. How do you think then the, the how will this affect the, what you were planning to do with, uh, with house of ed tech? Uh, like, you know, if you think back to January and you thought maybe what the year was going to look like, does this change things for you? Are you being, are you changing in the moment? And, and when you say help people, what do you think is the most effective thing to do right now through your podcast? I, I, great question, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I got one uh, in tonight. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> um, you know, part of me is really tired of talking about this. Mm, mm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. AJ, AJ, I don't know if AJ is still here, but there's a, another show we do where this week when we do our live show, we're titling it anything but education. Yeah. Because this is all we've been talking about. And yeah. that, that's a show yeah. where, we used to do it every two weeks and now we've been just coming on weekly and live streaming it weekly mm-hmm. and we need a break. Yeah. Let's just talk about anything besides yeah. education. Um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of at a crossroads with my, with my show Sure. where, you know, I, from what I learn about podcasting, you know, I want it to be evergreen. I want it to be timeless. And, you know, if I have a whole year of how to teach remotely and everything is COVID this and distance learning that, you know, in, in three years, is it still relevant? Is it still relevant yeah. next year? Right. So, you know, it's, I, I take it, you know, every two weeks and, you know, see how I feel. Yeah. I run the risk here. I, I'll be honest. We've actually moved on from it here at home gadget geeks. Like, you know, the last couple of shows we did the show, we'd had it intended to have you on and I had actually intended to kind of close it up. And we've, we've talked, Rich Hay came on uh, a week or two ago and we talked about how he's responding to it and some of those other kinds of things. And it has an effect. And, but I kind of wanted to be done in that space of like, okay, like now, uh, but I wanted to hear it from you. So sorry to, sorry to open <laughs> all the wounds on that. with no, you. And okay. I, listen, I appreciate you, you doing that, but I'm kind of with you in a lot of ways. I am, that doesn't, I doesn't mean we want to ignore it, but I'm kind of into like w- the future is still out there and there's still a lot of opportunities and a lot of great things we can do. And we're going to need all those great ideas and all those things going forward, right? We're going to need all these, all these great things uh, in these in these new ways of doing things going ahead. And I think that's the exciting. That's some of the. You know, we're still making gadgets, right? We're still technology still going. You're forward. right. That that's that's the key here. We we are learning skills. We are learning how to do things, and going forward, it's not going to matter what the platform is or what the tool is specifically or what the device is we're developing skills. We are developing soft and hard skills as educators, as people, our students are, the families are. And these are things that could have a long lasting positive effect, you know, for, for students now, 
who have gone through this at, at the high school or college level, they're going to be very equipped to work remotely and virtually yeah. in the corporate world. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I think it's good. We've been saying, I've been saying for a while, you know, I, I don't learn the traditional way anymore. I, if I need to learn something, I go on YouTube and this kind of, you know, this kind of situation has kind of proven out like, well, maybe we need to, maybe we need to switch that, that idea of learning uh, to some, to, to more of the collected learning. Um, and that's not always great, but um, do you think, um, well, let me ask you this. So Brian Auer earlier in the show says he's had about 25 requests for his ATR. Like, Hey, can you give me some information? Have you had, have you done much hardware? Let's just talk gadgets for a second. Have you had yeah, much yeah. hardware consulting where, where folks are like, Hey, how do I get, oh, yeah. how do I get, yep. do you, do you recommend you have an SM7B? Do you recommend that or, or what have you, what have you been recommending? Uh, no, not, not for the, the average layman yeah, screencaster, yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I, it's been a lot of go get the Samsung Q2U, go get the ATR 2100, go get the AT2005, uh, you know, these under hundred dollar microphones that can just take it to a better level. Um, again, taking that podcast experience, you know, if you're creating a screencast, you know, don't throw the blanket over your head, but you know, you don't have to, you don't have to turn your camera on. Um, I've recommended, you know, the Logitech C920 for people who want to make their video better. Uh, some ring lights, just some different accessories that aren't going to break the bank. But if you're going to create content, maybe try to make it sound a little bit better than, you know, your onboard microphone and, you know, your incandescent fluorescent light bulb. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they'll get the light diffused, get some better equipment and, and right on cue, any tips for the first time adjunct teacher starting this fall teaching it skills. So hopefully a tech savvy group, but what, what other tips would you recommend besides have good sound, have good lighting, have a good camera. Any other thoughts? Here's what I'm going to recommend. And, and this is for everybody, any industry. We are right now living in a time where we're encouraged to be physically distant. That doesn't mean we can't still be socially connected. Yeah. So yeah. whatever virtual environment you're in, whether it's business or education, still make time to develop relationships and make connections with people because whether you're shaking hands and giving high fives and fist bumps, or we're doing what we're doing now, we're still interacting with human beings who, even though I can't touch you, you know, you're still a person you still got stuff that I don't know about going on in your life. Mm -hmm. So we need to be aware of the fact that you're still dealing with people and you have to set your expectations accordingly. I spent a little time with Chris Curran last night on the podcasters lounge. I don't know. Oh, I love the with? podcasters lounge. <laughs> yeah. So Chris was, Chris was out there and I just joined him. We have, I love to have, I just love that guy. So we had a really deep philosophical conversation for like two hours about religion and spirituality. And, and that's, that doesn't typically come up in the podcasters in the circles. I talk podcasting in, or even tech in, we don't, we never talk about those things. And I was just kind of thinking, man, that was a two hour conversation that I would have loved to have had in person, but we can't. And he's in Colorado Springs and I'm in Omaha. We couldn't do it that easy. We went on and yeah, it was done in a public space, which I think is even better because I can get feedback from people during the conversation. I just love this, right? This, this kind of this format, but yeah, no, I think you're, you're, you're spot on in that we've got to continue to, even though we can't necessarily be together, we can still be together quite a bit. Right. I mean, we can, Absolutely. I still, still hang out with Dave on Saturday mornings. I still have, I, I've got friends around the internet, right. It still gives us an opportunity to, 
to make those connections and stay connected, right? Yeah, I, I was actually uh, this week. I had a a former college student reach out to me to get on a conference call with her boss, who is a higher up executive at uh, NBC, Universal, Comcast, whatever they're calling it these days. <laughs> and you know, this person was appreciative of and and was open to the idea of connecting and being connected and doing virtual happy hours with employees and creating safe spaces for people to feel connected and socialize. You know, we, we don't have the water cooler moments anymore right now. Yeah. Yeah. We need to foster some just social basic human interaction with other people. So, yeah. And I'm struggling to pronounce this name, but Quasmo, do you think Q O S M O Qsmo? Okay. Well, I'm trying. I'm not Let's doing a very Cosmo. good job, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cosmo is probably the easiest for that. Um, you know, one of the things, um, one of the recommendations and, and kind of something you said in this as a first time teacher, as a first time, anything, be willing to make mistakes, like be willing to try some things. We all did this. Like we have all grown from each other. You, you've been a part of the same podcasting community that I'm a part of, and we've all grown together through Ask the Podcast Coach and all the other podcasts about podcasting that are out there that we've done in, in our own work. But we've all made ton of, tons of mistakes out there. And I think sometimes, and this is maybe what holds some teachers back too from going virtual, is they're used to doing it one way. They just don't want to make any mistakes again. See, here, right? Here's the thing. For years, as long as I've been a teacher, we're always hearing and talking about how we need to let our students know it's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. You know, uh, you know, fail is, you know, a first attempt in learning, right? You know, yeah. but teachers are deathly afraid to say things like, I don't know the answer to that question. And, and they're, they're afraid to look dumb or not have the answer. Right. You know, so we need to practice what we preach. We need to be just as comfortable being uncomfortable as we expect and want our students to be, you know, we provide a safety net for the students. Kids are pretty forgiving, yeah. you know, so it's okay to say, I don't know. And, you know, we move on, you know, the sun is still going to come up tomorrow. It's going to be fine. You know, yeah. uh, another phrase I picked up along the way was, you know, sometimes you have to crash, burn and learn. <laughs> Ooh, that's you know, good. We learn and we grow and we like move it. forward. Yeah. Crash, burn and learn. I like it. Uh, this fits right in. And Justin had said this, and, um, you know, we don't recommend anything to anyone too much of a chance of it coming back. Like this is the space we live in when people go, Hey, what do you, what, what should I get? You've had this probably happen to you. What kind of microphone should I get? And they get that microphone and then they get it doesn't work. Or I'm not afraid to make recommendations because yeah, yeah. I only recommend stuff that I use or have used. Yeah. So well, I'm not afraid. In stuff that's going to happen. Like it happens all yeah. the time. I, 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 I'm in the, you know, for, for my day job, I spend a lot of time recommending a lot of things to a lot of people for stuff. And sometimes it's, not doesn't work out and it's hard it is hard when you're in that space to 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 take that and i'm getting better at just relying oh okay sorry that didn't work out for you let's try it again or let's try something different i think you, you can't let that if if you know the answer you got some good answers i think you can't let that get get you down i also don't think you should be necessarily afraid in that space to 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 the fear of that failure because like people need to know. And I think most of the time it does work. You know, most of the time it's successful. You're going to get those. You're going to get those. That's why they don't, you know, they're afraid to, if they give the students the wrong answer, it's going to come back and the students are going to make fun of them. 
well, okay. So I had the wrong answer. Like, sorry, people make mistakes. Let's move on. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it, one of the things I used to work with, uh, I used to work with high schoolers till I found out I don't really like to work with high schoolers. <laughs> and, <laughs> and <laughs> that was actually, that's not true. I found out what I like it is when they're really smart technology, high school students who are really motivated Okay, that's like shooting fish in a barrel, but it's the, the, those are the kind of high schoolers I work with. But I was intimidated at times because I felt like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna hold me accountable for this. Well, yeah, they are, but I always say you can't intimidate apathy. So if I don't care, like you can't intimidate me. So it, it, I, I do think I wouldn't, Justin. I, and I, I know where you're going with that, but I do um, I do think sometimes we gotta we gotta step out beyond that. And every situation is different. We gotta step out beyond that. Chris, any other as we as we think of advice just from and I think it's Cosmo. I think we got that clarification in the chat room. So thanks for putting that out there. Any other advice you'd give since I just spent a whole bunch of time qualifying that? Any <laughs> any advice you give for not just first time, but if we think about going into the fall and if you could give a couple pieces of advice to educators going into the fall thinking, and let's just assume for a second, it's going to be remote. What kind of advice would you give now that you know what you learned? Be authentic, you know, be, be open, be transparent with students, be transparent with parents and your community members. Um, you know, and, and I, I can go to what I say on my podcast, you know, using technology isn't difficult. Just give it a try. Yeah. You know, you, you can not be afraid to fail. You know, it's okay to make mistakes. Again, if we're going to ask our students to try and learn, you know, we see students make mistakes all the time. We have to also embrace that as part of our culture and what we do. It's going to make the experience that much better. And again, paramount to everything I've said, remember, again, whatever you do, you're working with other people. Treat people like people. Unless they're an android, but you never know because they won't admit it. <laughs> Even then, treat them like they're a person. Don't, don't. Yeah, that's what they want. <laughs> don't, don't, don't hurt the androids. Um, Vince Cerf, one of the one of the founders of the internet, uh, good friend. We was talking to him about he's he's on the inside of Google and was talking about um, self driving cars. And let's just say they're kind of android. You know the, that that would be the whole idea, right? They'd be autonomous. You get them and they drive you somewhere. And he said the biggest problem isn't the technology of driving the cars places. It's the way the humans treat the cars once they're inside them. They try to destroy them. And it's, he goes, it's just the craziest thing about human nature. When we lose that lack of accountability, we get super destructive on some of these. We are messed up as a species. Let's not forget. It's amazing. We're the dominant species on the planet. Let's just be, let's just be really clear about that. Some days I go, how did we get here? Like, how did this actually, um, how did this actually happen? Chris, let's make a quick shift in just the few minutes we have left um, with you. I want to think about, as you think about the gadgets of the technology you've been leaning on, any big changes for you? Have there been any gadgets or have there been, has there been a new technology or something that you've done more of um, and technologies you kind of leaned into during over the last six months or so? I, I am right in line with people who are doing more screencasts mm. and, you know, again, using something here like StreamYard with my students has gotten me more comfortable with live streaming and you know i've always said i've got a face for radio and uh, you, you know right. just to be we, more we comfortable okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know i've just gotten more comfortable and i've said for years i would love to do more live streaming for yeah. the podcast or create video content and this has put me in a position to really explore the tools and you know 
make stuff that is visually appealing, you know, paying for StreamYard, I can do different things with graphics. Um, so I've gotten back into some graphic design stuff that I enjoy doing. So I've gotten to sharpen that sword. So it, it's, yeah, video content and, you know, the planning and, you know, just trying every which way to just get more or anything out of students. I have found what's just, what's just kind of crazy is actually during this time, I found I'm leaning more on my phone than I was before when I was at work. I don't, I don't know oh, my why. screen, my screen time per week is <laughs> through the roof. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I mean, what, and what are you watching or what are you doing more of on your phone maybe than, than you were doing before? Or are you just connecting more with people off your phone, on your phone? You want to know the truth? Yeah. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like it. No, no judgment. No, it's huge. Consuming a lot of content. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but also, you know, a lot more Twitter, uh, going to YouTube videos, you know, uh, even with my own two kids pulling up their content and watching content with them has yeah. increased my screen time. Um, I'm spending a lot more time here at, at this setup, you know, during the day and just connecting. Yeah. So just a lot of technology all around. Yeah. Well, I've, um, I go out for a 45 or 50 minute walk with my daughter every day. It's kind of since day one, that has been the new thing we implemented just so we get out of the house type deal. So we go walk to the, to the cemetery and she plays Pokemon go. And over the last, I think I was counting, I think we're at day 70 or something. We're pretty close to that. Um, I, I said that to her today. I said, you know, we've done this every day for the last 70 days. And she's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah, they start wow. to stack up when you do them consistently. Right. But I'm, I'm finding I'm getting better at working while I'm walking. So to not to kind of maximize that time at first, I was like, okay, I need to get away from work and this, I'm not going to work while I'm walking, but between you know, teams and email and websites and, and, you know, some of the things I can get to on my phone, I can't do it all. Um, I've, I'm, I'm actually working more while I'm walking, which is okay with me. Some people would be like, no, you need to separate that. Actually. No, I want to do, I, I want this. I want to maximize this time. So that has been the increase on my phone is I'm actually figuring out, I figured out more ways to get access to things. There's things like VPN I can't get access to, but. See now uh, for me, it, it's, Yes, some screen time is up, but again, be, being an educator, I'm actually able to find more time. And again, having two little kids, yeah. you know, I, I was outside today for an hour and a half playing wiffle ball on my front lawn with my yeah, kids. Yeah. And I don't get that time. Right. You know, when I'm at school from, you know, I leave the house normally at like, you know, six o'clock and right. I don't get home till, you know, four, four thirty. Right. You know, I, I can go to the bathroom whenever I want during the day. I don't have to, <laughs> you know, worry about leaving the room or the kids are, you know, not being attended to. So th there's also those other yeah. quote unquote perks to this yeah. where I don't, I, I can assign stuff. I can do my meetings, you know, we're a little limited, at least where I'm at with how much they want us to try and do with our students. So I have a schedule, um, which creates more opportunity to do stuff with my family. So, yeah. Bike rides with a ball. Yeah. And and I do want to say we have we have a fair amount of of healthcare workers and essential workers that listen to the show. And so I've said every time I've talked about these things, I always say, I understand not everybody got to be at home. You know, not yeah, everybody absolutely. got that opportunity. Certainly, if you do, if you are, this may not last forever. You should, if you get to take advantage of this, I feel a little guilty sometimes. To get to take advantage of this time with them, do it. You may not ever get this again. Like, you know, it's been, um, it's just been, for me, it's been really rewarding to spend this additional time with my daughter 
that I would have never gotten before. It just came at a good time. I have not wasted a second of that. Um, no regrets, or she was she would say no regrets. I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> how, how old is she, your daughter, Jim? She's 21. She's still so oh, okay. No, no, no regrets. <laughs> and um, so um, so but not everybody got that chance. And so if you're listening and you didn't get that, I I totally get that. I mean, I've said and I want to say thanks to those who continue to work and had to work and do all those things. Uh, what you do is important. So it's always a little a little asterisk on that, on on some of those thoughts. Um, have you uh, from a from a well-being perspective, Chris, as we think about you know, this changed money habits for some, well, first of all, did your water bill go up? Have you looked at your what do you you pay like on a monthly basis? Do you, do you ever monitor your water bill? Because like you said, go to the bathroom, and I think like I, I'm an old guy, so I, I must go a lot more because my water bill went away. <laughs> no, what water bill's been That's fine. Right. You know, I still okay. shower. Right. You know, once a day. <laughs> I, I know, but I I don't I don't know what happened the last. Two you know, months. it's actually gone up for us. Uh, yeah eating out or cause I mean, I can, I can go do pickup, but right, you know, we've had, right. uh, I, I don't do delivery, so I'll go out and pick up. So maybe we're trying to, we're trying to support the local restaurants a little bit more, uh, than normal. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Yeah. It was once That's, a week, maybe it's twice a week now. We, we, we're less, we, we did less. I took a little pay cut in the process. And so we've been trying to just economize through that to get the company through. And, um, uh, so I've been trying to do less of that, but we have been, you know, we've been cooking more and I've actually, we, we, we are taking more advantage of cooking tech kind of things. Like I meet thermometers and, you know, I'm just, we're grilling, we're grilling out more just from a, and trying to be more, trying to be smarter about it. Cheaper cuts of meat and, you know, some of those things. We had Mark Robson on the show talking about, you know, slow and slow and uh, slow, slow smoke uh, cooking. And, you know, he, he said the statement to me, he's like, you know, Jim, they didn't come up with this because they were great cuts of meat. <laughs> you know, you know, a pork <laughs> butt is not a great cut of meat, right? You, yeah. you smoke it over slow so to break down the, you know, to break it down. So, um, no, so all been good. Chris, thanks for, for taking some time tonight to jump in here and kind of be a part of this. Any, um, as you've got, as you're thinking about House of Ed Tech coming up, you have shows kind of planned for the next couple of weeks. That you could you could promo for the show. I, I'd like to say that I do, but I don't. <laughs> okay, yeah, but no, but th okay. th there will be shows produced. I I have uh, one that I'm working on for this week coming up to be released on Sunday, and I'm I'm still on my every on my fortnightly schedule. So uh, we'll, we'll see what comes. Do you have that schedule just so you can say fortnightly? You know, I used. <laughs> <laughs> this might be one of the few times I've actually said that out loud. Normally I say every two weeks, yeah. but I try to be fancy oh, for you. I like it. I like it. I just, <clears throat> I just know some guys like to say fortnightly. So if you want to catch Chris's podcast, uh, house of ed tech, uh, head over to Chris Nessie, N E S I, uh, dot com. And, uh, and you can, you can pick up all the past shows. You're really good about advertising that thing on Twitter. Do you have that thing like in a Twitter jukebox? I see your, I, see I your, use, your, uh, I have it from I, I, my website is WordPress and I have a, you know, retweet old post thing set up. So it just goes through and just puts out those posts, not Twitter spamming, but you know, yeah. I think twice a day it shares two episodes that are older than 30 days. And is that audio and video or just audio? Oh no, just, just audio. Just audio. <laughs> why, why not? Sometimes video? I'll live stream into my Facebook group, but yeah. uh, I don't, why not? I don't publish the video. Okay. Why not? Uh, just another thing I'd have to do. And I got a lot of stuff that I do. 
That's a good answer, by the way. That is a good and editing audio is way easier than editing. Oh, video. it's a ton. But, but if you don't like, we never, I never edit a thing. You know, I slice off the ends of this thing, like a, like a loaf of bread. And then, um, I never make internal edits. Just what, what you see is what you get. Drop it into Otter, get a transcript, you know, drop it into audacity. It levels it out still, still a couple hours worth of time, yeah. but I don't, well, I, I, I mean, you produce this show at a reasonable hour. There are sometimes I release a show on a Sunday and I'll record it at 10 o'clock yeah. at night on yeah. a Saturday night. So yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't be live streaming regularly enough to do that. Well, you just picked up a new listener. So Andrew says, thanks. I'll subscribe. Thanks. So and and anybody here who, uh, who has a teacher in their life or an educator, you know, if you're not a teacher, it might not be for you, but if there's a teacher in your life, please share house of ed tech with them. Yeah, no, it's great. Great podcast. You do great work. Thanks for being out there. You're in the, you know, you're however, whatever analogy we want to use for this, you're on the front lines, you're out, you know, whatever, whatever that is. Um, certainly our education space is a battle and it's always been like, don't, don't get like this COVID threw as a curveball thrown at you guys that made things super interesting, but it's not like before this, it wasn't a challenge to be a teacher, right? It's just that, you know what, more <laughs> people are experiencing the challenges of being teachers now. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, parents. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's just, you know, it's just kind of, like I said, it upset the apple cart and we've got, we've got some new things to kind of think about. It's always been difficult. Trust me, I have five kids and I was very engaged in their education. Doesn't mean I didn't, I, listen, I never did a lick for them. I always supported the teachers more than I did my kids. Like whenever a, a student would go to a new teacher. I like parents like you, Jim, support the teachers. <laughs> Listen, this, this is my mantra. So I would go in with the kids on their first, you know, we'd have the, what do they call it, curriculum night or whatever. We, we'd have this thing where we go in and, and I always tell the teachers with the student there listening. I'd say, Listen. If you ever have any problems, I want you to call me. I am always on your side. Always. <laughs> and, uh, and that worked out, that worked out pretty well. The teachers liked us and, um, and that usually we had very few problems with that, but we were very engaged. We got to know the teachers. We, we, you know, we volunteered at the school. We were part of it. Never hovered over my kids. And I never favored them in the, in the, in the process. I shouldn't say never cause it's hard not to, but I, I didn't, I always, but I, I appreciate what educators, educators do. And I think that's the key is getting involved in what's going on in the school. And I think maybe a little less soccer and a little more education is, is I'm not saying after school sports is bad. I'm not saying that, but I think we <laughs> just lost our focus a little bit and, uh, and maybe this will kind of recenter it as we, as we kind of get back to it. Can you stay around for a second as I close the show? Is that, is that okay? A sure. couple reminders. One, if you want to financially support the show, you can do that via Patreon, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. If you want to join us in our discord group, and that's really where the most active group is today. The average guy slash discord, it'll let you in. We'd love to have you. We have a bunch of channels in there. Talk about a variety of things in there. Distributed computing, Unraid, smart home, hardware, home networking, gaming, online deals. There's even a beer and barbecue channel if you want to jump in on that. Again, that's the average guy.tv slash discord. If you want to send me an email. Oh, don't forget. June 18th. I should have done this at the beginning of the show. June 18th, all feedback show. And so what we're looking for is questions and comments and responses and funny stories and those kinds of things. If it doesn't work, we won't do it. But June 18th, all feedback. Send this to me, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. If you got just something, some feedback, it's like I said, feedback, funny story, send it in to me. Uh, would appreciate it. We'll read those on the show. Do the whole show, June 18th, with those 
um, as well. Don't forget the AverageGuy.tv platform, both web and media hosting powered by Maple Grove Partners. If you want to get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust, that's web and media hosting. Plan start 10 bucks. Christian is spot on what he's doing. The Average Guy TV is lightning fast. Uh, we want to thank Christian for sponsoring and for supporting Home Gadget Geeks for all 10 years uh, that we've been live and on the air. Don't forget, you can download the app, homegadgetgeeks.com. And with that, we'll remind everyone to join us back, not next Thursday, because I'm actually going to take, Chris, I'm taking a night off. Oh, my goodness. It? I know. Good for I you. Know. I know. Yeah, we. It's our big it gallop. It's our big summit week, and there's just a lot of things going on. And so I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna take a down week. So, two weeks we're back. Mike is here, and I and I think so. Next week is the sixth, the twelfth, and then the eighteenth. So I think Mike and I have a show, and then we have the eighteenth, and we have Dave McKay back talking about how to get your lawn. So we've all, we're, we're transitioning onto new things. McCabe is back, and we're gonna talk about summer lawn maintenance. By that point. The heat will be here for most of us here in the United States, and we're excited to have Dave back talking about that as well. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. Well, not every, because I just said I'm not going to be here next week. Let's say most Thursdays, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at the Average Guy.tv Live. Thanks if you joined us live. Stay around for a little bit of a post show. With that, we'll say goodnight.